0: Having a divorce attorney, if you are going to have an attorney represent you, is somebody you trust and can have a conversation with. And don't be afraid to really ask them, I don't get this. Like, can you explain this to me slowly because I want to understand what this means. You know, everybody thinks what we do is again, so sad and scary and all these things and they never want to call. But you know, we really help our clients get through one of the most difficult times in their life. And there is light at the end of the tunnel.
1: Today, we're excited to have Jacqueline Combs on the podcast. Jackie is a family law attorney that specializes in resolving high-asset and high-income divorces, premarital and postnuptial agreements, and high-conflict custody cases at a law firm in L.A. She was introduced to us by Episode 65's guest, who is Cameron Rogers, and she talked about money and investments in her episode. So, Jackie, we're so excited to dive in, but first, I would love it if you introduced yourself to our audience.
0: Good morning. And I am so excited to be here today with you guys both. My name is Jacqueline Combs. I go by Jackie. I am a family law attorney in Los Angeles. I uh, previously was a corporate attorney. I grew up in Southern California, went to UCLA undergrad and went to Chapman Law School and have really stuck around and made myself at home in LA. So that's a little bit of background about me.
2: Love it, love it. And when we were talking about doing this episode, Jackie, you said that the message that you wished every woman knew is that marriage is more than just love. And we talked about this a little bit before we hit record. And I imagine being in the field of work that you're in, this is emphasized to you on a daily basis. So start by explaining what you meant by this specifically.
0: Absolutely. You know, when you meet somebody and you exchange your first text messages, you're not really thinking about what does he have in the bank account or what kind of student debt does he have? You're just like, let's go grab drinks. Let's go grab coffee. Let's just have a fun time. And, you know, you fall in love with somebody for who they are. One of the things You know about marriage and partnership, and I really want to stress the word partnership. Is that marriage is so much more than just love? You deal with financial issues. You deal with, you know, value systems. You deal with religion. You deal with families, and what does that mean in traditions? And you know, some of us get lost and in the love and in the lust, and forget to think about, or talk about, or feel comfortable to talk about these big issues. And what those implications will mean, you know, later down the road, love is wonderful and marriage is wonderful. But if you were to go into business with anybody, you would obviously look under the hood of the business and the partnership before you decided to enter into business with that person. And it should be the same for marriage. And I think, you know, more and more people are starting to realize or look into marriage as a partnership than just as, oh, we're in love and let's get married. And I think that's important. And it's important to have these financial conversations, value conversations, religious conversations, as difficult as they are, because when you get married and, and you know, the ring is on and the contract is signed, it's a little bit harder and di- more difficult sometimes to have those conversations than to discuss them beforehand and just make sure you're on the same page.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of people think of these subjects as unsexy and maybe they are, but, you know, getting deep with someone, it's like, that's what really grows your roots. And so it shouldn't be something that's avoided, but rather something where you guys can start to understand each other, see where you're coming from. Like maybe your parents never shared a bank account and that's why you feel like you never want to, you know, but you can start to unpack those things. So Jackie, as we told you before we started, our audience is mainly married women. So we wanted to make sure that we were going to frame this conversation in a way that was very usable and valuable to them. So if money is something that they struggle with in their marriage, what would you advise as the first steps to getting to a better place? I know that I've read that you believe in financial transparency.
0: Financial transparency is the most important thing I think you can have in a relationship so many so much of our lives are tied around money for better or for worse right but you go to the coffee shop and you get a coffee or you're deciding whether or not which daycare to take your children to All of this is rooted in what are our budgets and our budgets depend collectively on what, you know, the household has and brings in. And I think, um, you know, for every marriage is different and it's important to have your own money and to have access to your own money. And I also think it's really great to share, you know, money with your spouse in that regard, you know, every marriage is different and what whatever works best for your marriage is what you should do. But I think it's important to be able to say, you know, if you don't share bank accounts, hey, can I have access to your bank account to see you know, how you spend your money. Or maybe it's just a Sunday conversation of like, hey, what's the budget for this week? How do we want to spend groceries? What do we want to cook at home versus order out? Just small conversations like that that lead to bigger conversations. Or, you know, I don't understand what the tax returns say. Can you walk me through this? Or can we have a meeting with our accountant, if you use an accountant, to go through these together so I can better understand that? You know, we have clients who come in who have been married twenty years. They don't have access to a bank account, or and they just spend money on it. Let's say, for example, a credit card, and their spouse, you know, just makes sure it's paid every month. Or they don't know how to write a check. And many of us in the you know millennial age may think that's ridiculous, but. It's not, you know, so many people don't know how to read their tax returns. and, And these are important things to understand when you're signing them, right? Or to understand, I bank at this account. You know, the worst thing that could happen is you have no idea about what's going on in the finances and, you know, something were to happen to your spouse, or if you were to, you know, get divorced and you don't know what the financial picture is. Is my spouse racking up credit card debt, not telling me. So these are important conversations to have and I think just to know where everything is in the event of you know an emergency or in the event of divorce or in the event of you know just financial transparency and being able to save for your future.
2: And a quick break from our sponsor, which is Third Love. It's getting into the holiday season. And I know for our family, we're starting to think about some gift buying and what we can get for my sister-in-law, for my mother-in-law, for my mom, what I'm going to ask for for myself. And Third Love is making it easy. The holidays can be hectic. They can be stressful. They can be downright uncomfortable. And one thing with Third Love is that everything that they do, every stitch that they make, every product that they put on the market, is comfortable. This year, give the gift of comfort with Third Love, and it's really your one-stop shop for all the women in your life. So maybe that ultra soft loungewear for your mom, maybe a fun sleepwear set for your sister or sister-in-law. You can do their premium activewear for friends and definitely some of those intimate sets for that special someone and maybe that special someone is you. Third Love obsesses over every stitch in their underwear, their loungewear, their activewear. So putting on your essentials, it feels like indulging in yourself every day and you are definitely worth it. One thing that both Amy and I love about Third Love is that you can love your fit and it's guaranteed. So if not, exchanges and returns are free for the first 60 days. And these bras and activewear and lounge sets that go back to the company are then donated to families in need. So we just have such a big heart for this company and what they're doing. So if you have not taken the fitting room quiz yet, it's like a personal shopper, but better. It really focuses on size, breast shape, current fit issues, and your personal style to really find the bra, the underwear that's perfect for you. So make sure to head over to thirdlove.com backslash herself and take the quiz. This also gives you 20% off on their entire website. Again, that's 20% off at thirdlove,
1: herself. I've had a lot of our listeners give us the feedback of they try to start these conversations with their partner, and the partner is just absolutely not interested in talking about this. And it makes it really hard when one person wants to get to a better place financially and the other person is avoiding that. It's a pain point for them or they're uncomfortable, whatever it is. Do you have any suggestions for how they could kind of mediate their way through that and that is such a great point because you know, and I think about this often in school, they don't
0: teach you to have these conversations, right? They don't tell you what life insurance is, or they might t- teach you how to write a check when you're, you know, in third grade or whatever it is in elementary school. They don't tell you how to then save for your future later down the road. These are difficult conversations, and I think once you open up the floodgate and you both feel comfortable to have these conversations, it really starts you know, moving things forward. I think there is a concern because everybody was raised differently. And we always think sometimes, oh, it's not appropriate to speak about money, right? You should always keep that private. And people are so afraid to talk about money, but money is important and financial security and finances are important. And I think if we started stressing more about that with our our partners and being able to say, like, we are a team, I just want to know if something were to happen to you, what about this? Or, you know, we're talking about maybe me staying at home to raise the kids for a little bit. How are we going to financially do that? Like, what are the numbers coming in each week or each month? And would it be more advantageous for me to keep working even at a part-time level and have our kids in daycare or something else to make sure that we could do what's best for the family and to reach our goals together?
2: Well, and said plainly, most of us don't talk about the things that we should talk about before getting married. And you brought up something in there, Jackie, that a lot of this stuff isn't taught in school. And I wish that we had a class on taxes and how to read a tax return and how to balance a checkbook and, you know, how much you should put down on a house versus PMI. I mean, all those things that go into it. Sometimes you don't understand and don't learn about it until you are in it. And at that point, it's almost too late to do a whole bunch of research and make those informed decisions. And it does make the conversations harder if you grew up in different family situations. So yeah, all that answer. Amy and I over here, we are very, very transparent with our money. We talk about it with our Instagram communities. We talk about it in our Patreon accounts. We bring it up on these podcast episodes. And at the same time, we know that it's a topic that isn't comfortable for every family. Jackie, I know another issue that comes up is that some people didn't discuss their views on how they would raise their children before getting married. So most of us We just kind of forgot to ask our partners things like, what are your views on discipline or how important is religion when it comes to raising our children? Like you mentioned in that last answer, will one of us stay home after we have a child? So are there any helpful tips that you could give couples that are trying to navigate through these decisions that are now in real time?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think it really comes down to, again, you are a partnership and what's going to make sense for you guys, you know, sometimes tied to finances of whether it makes sense for somebody to stay at home or or not, but ultimately is making the decisions together. And I think sometimes what's important for women, because you see more and more third generation of women working, which is wonderful. I think what's important is being able to understand What your rights are in the event, you know, things don't necessarily work out with your spouse. Like, would it make more sense for you to stay at home or would it make more sense for you to continue to work and having that information? And of course, you don't really think about those things when you are in the midst of making those decisions you know, there may be a red flag here or there in the marriage, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you think that anything bad will ultimately happen, but, or it's, you know, conversations where your spouse isn't comfortable talking to you about money and it may not, you know, make you feel comfortable to, you know, stay at home and not have that visibility and not have access to your own accounts and all of those things. So I think it's just being able to get the information that you need to feel comfortable to make those decisions with religion and with respect to disability. Discipline and you know those kinds of parenting decisions. I think it's great to have them before you do get married. Um, but things change when you get married, and you know sometimes. And ultimately, you have to do what's right, you know, for your family.
1: We had um, the author Emily Oster on an episode not too long ago, and she talked about if if something is like ten out of ten important to you, and your spouse doesn't care that much, it's like a four out of ten. Maybe you get your way on that one, or you guys can figure out how to tip it more towards you, but understanding that you always can't get your way probably in marriage. So if there are certain things you don't care about quite as much, like are you giving a little bit bit more on those and then keeping the things that you really care about at the top and really important. Also framing everything with why you feel that way. I think we forget that. It seems so obvious, but it's like, why do you feel that way about discipline? Did your parents discipline in a way that really has impacted you in a negative way? And you don't want to repeat that cycle. It's like, if we just explain these things a little bit more, I feel like we can get further.
0: You know, and you raise such a great point. Marriage is about compromise. And And in any relationship, whether it's at work, whether it's your parents, whether it's with siblings or friends, you know, you may not want to go to this restaurant this time, but next time you'll, you'll go to it or something like that. But ultimately marriage is a give and take, right? Because there are two people, you each have feelings and you each have wants and needs. And sometimes you're going to say, okay, we're going to watch Sunday night football. (laughs) And sometimes you're going to say, well, I'd really rather watch Curb.
1: You know, we really don't shy away from hard topics on this podcast, and so I'm going to dive into something deeper that you just mentioned in our email exchange when we were preparing for this interview. You said, if a woman knew that in the event of divorce spousal support in California was limited to one-half the length of the marriage for a marriage of less than 10 years, that might make her stop and think if she wants to give up her career to support her spouse's career, only to get a divorce and then have to re-enter the working world after being out of work during her high-earning years. Now, obviously, all of our listeners are not in California, but it's just kind of a good reminder of what you're giving up. As we all believe and we all said, everyone has different values. So we understand that some of you are staying at home right now. We are not bashing that. We're just saying, we've got to look at it from different angles. And make sure that you have all the information when you're making decisions. I think another thing that can happen is I remember when I had my first child and having to go back from maternity leave and thinking, wait, Drew, do you make enough that I could stay home with him? Like you start making these really emotionally driven decisions. And sometimes I think we've got to slow ourselves down here and think about our future. So I would love your take on this.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think, and what I said earlier is information is so important. And having the knowledge and the background information of what your rights are in the, let's just say, in the event of a divorce or, you know, in the event of your spouse's untimely passing. What does that look like for you if you have to go out on your own or take care of the family? And it's as simple as saying, you know, honey, do you have life insurance? Just, you know, in the event something were to happen, like, how are we going to take care of ourselves in the interim to just get by? Or is it the conversation like you had with your husband which is an important conversation in that, you know, many individuals have and whether it's the wife staying at home or the husband staying at home, but can we afford to have somebody stay at home or is it financially better for us to have somebody stay at home versus continue to work? If we did that, what does that look like? And, you know, will I have access to being able to go buy a new dress or if I want to go get my hair done, will I have access to that kind of money still or Will I need to cut my budget? To your point, I think so many decisions are emotionally driven and individuals don't necessarily have all the information that they would want. And so what we see a lot with many of our clients is, you know, they might be married 20 years and they stayed at home during that entire time after their children were born, which is a wonderful thing. And I would never say anything negative against it. I, you know, I have many friends who stay at home and and they love what they do. And I think it's great. And it is important for somebody, you know, to be there with their children. But when, you know, some of our clients are now in their, let's say, 40s getting divorced or in their 50s, and they realize it costs twice as much to maintain two households than it does one. And so their cost of living is much more. And whatever they receive in child and or spousal support may not cover what their expenses are. And if that's the case, you know, it's much harder to re-enter the working world when you haven't been working for 20 years. And what kind of job does that look like? And what kind of lifestyle does that look like? So it's just, I think, important to really have in- access to information and not be afraid to ask questions, not be afraid to say, I don't know what this tax return means. I want to call my accountant. There's nothing wrong with calling a family law attorney or an estate planning attorney and just getting kind of information that you need to be able to make these decisions. And the information is out there. You know, everything's on Google these days. I'm a doctor. I'm a veterinarian. I'm all of these things these days with Google.
1: This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. As you guys know, we have been with BetterHelp for a long time because we truly believe in the services that they provide. Whether you need to talk to a counselor about finances in a way that you can approach that with your partner, you can invite your partner to the session, whether you need to work on your communication, they can give you great prompts for doing so. I know Drew and I had a whole session on communication and ways that we could do it even better. If this episode is bringing up things that you think that you need to address and you might need the help of a professional, BetterHelp can help you do that. So you can go to betterhelp.com backslash herself. That's Better com backslash herself for 10% off your first month. They would love to help you work through these hard conversations that we're talking about today.
2: Well, in a lot of these responses, Jackie, it's the just in case conversations. It's the what happens if conversations. It's important for all of us to pick up on that a little bit because so many of us can walk around being like, oh, you know, we're happy. This is going great. But then what if? Like, life can change very, very quickly. And then also just as a reminder to have these conversations often. So as you add more kids or we are in the process of moving right now. So we just looked at our living will last night together, kind of in preparation for this interview, but then also knowing that it's something that a lot of life has changed since we put them into place two years ago. So it's just important to have them often and then just to bring them up.
0: And, you know, what's a great point is you just said, you know, you were just looking at those documents and it's great to know where the documents are, whether you have a safe deposit box or you have a safe or a fireproof something to make sure that everybody knows where everything is. Because to your point, sometimes these documents get lost and you're like, oh, my gosh, what did I sign? Where is that? My attorney is no longer in practice, and I don't have access to this information. So it's good to know where everything is.
2: Mm-hmm. For you and your partner and somebody safe outside of that marriage in case something happens Great to both point. of you. That's And if it's buried in the backyard, you guys, you better have it marked really well. So <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So Jackie, you get a front row seat to a lot of these intricacies of all these different matters that we're talking about today. And I wanted to really get clear on some of the statistics that we hear about often. So I know one that pops up is 50% of marriages end in divorce. And we hear that the main reason that people get divorced is because of money or sex. So let us know, are these things true?
0: I mean, I think they are true. Um, I think the divorce rate may be a little higher, but I haven't checked on it lately. So I can't answer that intelligently right now. But yes, I think that what I see a lot in our clients is that the biggest reason why people get divorced is, you know, money, sex, children. And also, I think really the root of it is a lack of communication, And I think in any marriage, if you're not feeling heard, there is a disconnect and it's important to be able to open up and communicate whether it's financially what your needs are, whether it's, you know, in the bedroom, what your needs are, or it's, you know, with the children, I need a little bit more help with this. It's ultimately all about communication. And I think a lot of it is rooted in, excuse me, the breakdown of communication. And if you can work on your communication, I think that that can help. Even if you don't see eye to eye on every single issue, because nobody's going to see eye to eye on every issue. If you are able to have that conversation in a constructive way versus, you know, one party yelling and screaming because they just want to get their way or because they don't understand or don't want to hear the other person. It really makes it easier to navigate through very difficult life situations because let's be honest, life can be very hard and a lot of curveballs and what happens if your house floods one day and, and you don't know what to do and you just need to be able to get through the issue together or somebody's sick in the family and you just have to be able to get through that, being able to have an open dialogue and conversation regardless of what the issue is, I think makes marriages stronger. And if you're able to communicate, I think in a positive and constructive way, I think you can, it helps you get through everything because, you know, not every marriage is going to last forever and that's okay. And I think, you know, so many people are so afraid of the stigma of, you know, being a divorcee, but that's okay. You know, life may be better on the other side and and I think marriage is wonderful and we promote marriage. I mean, we believe in marriage, even, even though what I do might sound scary and, and you know, nobody ever wants to call me. But at the end of the day, marriage is a beautiful thing and, and every marriage is different and you have to do what's best for you.
2: You've been able to bring in so many factors into this interview and we just thank you for that. And you brought up something in that very last answer that not every marriage will last forever. And sometimes divorce, it does happen and it isn't always the worst choice. So what advice do you have for someone who might be going through this process right now? I know personally, like Colin and I, we have several friends that have trudged through these waters. They're going through them right now. And we know that there's many others in our audience who are listening that would also love to hear what you have to say.
0: Listen, it is a, it is, can be a very dark time. But I think there are a couple really important things to consider when you are getting divorced or considering it. If you have children, put the children first. You may not see eye to eye with your significant other, but it is not worth fighting over who gets what holiday, this and that. At the end of the day, you see in divorces is there's this loss of control and everybody is scrambling for some sort of control because your life is spinning out of control and and, and we get it, right? I mean, everybody feels that way at one point in their life, but put the kids first You may not like your significant other, but just put the kids first and don't make every issue a fight. So that would be one response. I would say another important factor is, you know, move on with your life. It's not worth litigating or fighting for years. I would rather see my clients pay their significant other a little bit more money and not pay me because it's just not worth it. I mean, you're paying for peace of mind to move on with your life and the divorce process is hard enough. Having it finalized as quickly and as amicably as possible, as difficult as that may sound, will make it much easier for you to move on and to have peace of mind once again. But, you know, divorce is hard. And I think everybody thinks What we do is, again, so sad and scary and all these things and they never want to call. But, you know, we really help our clients get through one of the most difficult times in their life. And there is light at the end of the tunnel. Whether or not you think about it now, it's a very hard and emotional time. But also, you know, having a divorce attorney, if you are going to have an attorney um, represent you, is somebody you trust and can have a conversation with. And don't be afraid to really ask them. I don't get this. Like, can you explain this to me slowly because I want to understand what this means and that you feel trusted with as any attorney, whether it's your state planning attorney or or someone else. And I think there are also really great options for mediation. I always promote mediation. We mediate the majority of our cases. It's important. And if you're on a lower, you know, smaller budget, I think being able to do it together through a mediator will keep costs down, which are really important.
1: Yeah. I mean, in a lot of life, it's all about having a good team that you can trust. And so this is the same thing. And the team is, you know, more than the lawyer. If you need support from a therapist or someone else like that to help you get through this, I think it's definitely, hopefully you are able to call on one. So Jackie, we've covered a lot of like heavy stuff in this. And really curious if this impacts your life outside of work. So I know that you're married, but did you two have, you know, some special steps that you took before you were tying the knot yourselves, given what you do?
0: Great question. So before we were married, I was not a family law attorney. I was a corporate attorney and I made the transition during marriage. And when I made that transition, I mean, we had a very big conversation because it was, you know, basically a career change. And I think it was, what was it, in our first year of marriage and it was a joint decision that we made together and it was great. And it was a very scary step because, you know, you're like, okay, well, can, can we make this career change and what does it look like for us financially and how are we going to make this work? But, you know, we believe in financial transparency. I mean, we talk about money a lot um, and I think that's important and it's important for us to be able to have, navigate those conversations. We've been together about close to 10 years. And I will tell you, like in the beginning of our relationship, it may not have been as easy to have those conversations as it is for anybody because you're uncomfortable. And I was in my early 20s when we met and it's just, it's a weird thing to talk about, right? It's not like, okay, where are we going for dinner? (laughs) And I also really appreciate my spouse and I really appreciate our communication and open dialogue. And I think it's always important to work on that communication and as the years go by you realize what works and what doesn't work right so sometimes you have to not take your work at home and i think that works for any kind of profession and you know there are good days and there are bad days and especially when you're both working from home right right now or at least we are still and you know we sit at the same basically table doing our <laughs> our work it's being able to say you know what can you just take that zoom call in the other room because i really need to focus right now just being partners
2: being partners. And you've brought that up several times in this episode. And it's something that all of our listeners can take with them today and in the future conversations that they're having. But Jackie, this was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for squeezing us in right before you meet your baby and bringing your expertise to our listeners. So please let us know where can people connect with you?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I am an attorney at Blank Rome in the Los Angeles office. I am on LinkedIn. I am not the best at social media. I have a private account, but otherwise, you know, you happy to reach out to me
1: via LinkedIn or otherwise. Thank you so much for taking the time. And if you guys enjoyed this episode, please let us know, comment under our latest Instagram post, because we would love to see if you want more of this type of information.